Hello, and welcome to Eavesdrop. We're going to have another great conversation today with Melody and Trey Levern. They are good friends of mine, and they are doing a ministry that is just incredibly powerful and uh, seeing people have transformation in their life. And I am so grateful to have them again on the show. Their ministry is Route 1520, The Journey Home, and they have a website at www.eavesdrop.com. Route, R O U T E, the numbers 1520.com. And I would love for you to check them out there. Um, so thanks again, Melody and Trey, for being with us. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Yes. Um, we are kind of in the, the crux of your story, and um, the stage has been set. God has done so much so far. Um, so if you haven't listened to the first two segments that we have with Trey and Melody, I urge you. Go listen to them. You will definitely love the time that you've invested if you listen to both of those. Um, So at the end of this last talk that we had, we had gotten to the point where Trey had realized pretty much come to the end of himself and was searching for what the gospel looked like on a day-to-day basis and was at the end of this... um, holding up a facade, this reputation that he felt like he had to uphold and really trying to seek through a mountain of his stuff to get to God even after salvation. And then we were talking with Melody and Melody had shared about how, you know, she she kind of looked at the divorce with Trey like it was his stuff got them there. And then God took her on a journey and it involved even uh, joining in marriage again with another person. Um kind of realizing, hey, I got some stuff of my own that doesn't really have anything to do with Trey, Mm -hmm. and coming to the end of herself at yet another divorce. And so that's kind of where we're at. Um, They alluded to, they had had to deal with co-parenting, you Mm -hmm. know, and for any of us who are divorced, we know what that co-parenting is. The person that you loved the most and made these wonderful children with, then something happens and you end up divorced but you still have to come together for those children and for their benefit. And so we heard just a little bit about some great conversations that we're starting to have, even though they were just few and far between. So that's kind of where we're going to pick up right now with their story. And who wants to jump in? They're deferring to each other. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking kind of what was going on at that point. Um, I think I mentioned that, Um, divorcing again in 2006, you know, really having to sit down in humility with my kids and saying, mommy messed up, you Mm. know, Um, mommy tried hard, mommy messed up and really just having to ask forgiveness Mm. um, from each one of my children, having taken them through this um, painful process again was a huge place of humility for me. And really a huge place to where God really began to, I really allowed God to come into the pain for the first time and to sit into in my own shame and um, really humbled me. It really did. Um, Trey and I, I think that you mentioned, uh, Heather, that we were co-parenting. And the the tension in co-parenting <laughs> uh, yeah. is, is very difficult because... As you co-parent, when you're divorced, you are continuing to face what has happened. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll go in and, and talk a little bit about a, a trump card that I created for myself when Trey and I divorced. And um, 
back when everything came out and we were divorced in 2002, um, I was very nice publicly to him, but I was very ugly to him. I didn't have to be the godly wife to him, him anymore because I was not <laughs> a wife. And so I, and I, and I, again, I didn't even do this in front of my children because awesomely, there were people, I think, along the way through the process of divorce, because nobody had really been divorced in my family. So God lovingly brought certain people into my life through the process of our divorce and said, when my parents divorced, or when my parents mm-hmm. divorced, or this was really good, or this was, you know, and it was these little nuggets that God allowed me to see um, along the way of, of things that happened to other people. But long story short, one of the things that somebody said was, keep them alive in your home. Keep Trey alive in your in, in the home mm-hmm. with your kids, that that's so important. And regardless of what he's done, mm-hmm. he does not have to be the bad guy. And that was hard because I wanted him to pay for what he had done. Yeah. You know, but nevertheless, I I did that. So I was nice to Trey in front of the children. I was nice to Trey in front of the public. But boy, when it was just him, him and he and I, um, mm-hmm. I could let him have it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had this trump card um, that was really, um, Trey was going to pay no matter what. And uh, if he was doing things great, go, you know, taking the kids places and all that, of course, that was um, the Disney World dad and the con artist and all that. So I'd throw the you know, I throw that out. And then when he wasn't making good choices or when he wasn't doing exactly what I wanted him to do, then he was the sex addict. So he was really in a lose-lose situation, you know, mm. with the trump card. So I'll let you go on and piggyback there, and we can we can talk about how that kind of uh, exposed me later on. Yeah, it was I shared last week, um, landing at the church that we're currently in, beginning to understand mm-hmm. grace. Um, you know, God... Um, took me as a man who had for 30 years managed delicately this reputation, this pristine mm-hmm. reputation. And I believe today he exploded that reputation. Oh, um, sure I didn't did. need to protect his mm. reputation. Um, mm-hmm. And so I landed at that church with literally the flaming shrapnel <laughs> of all my reputation, you know, all around. Because uh, I went from being a, um, having it all boy. together, everybody, mm-hmm. nobody expected anything bad of me to being a moral leper overnight. Oh. Um, there was no gradual <laughs> to that mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. because I was the guy that had hurt this woman twice. Mm-hmm. This gracious woman who had taken me back, that I was such a con artist and such a good manipulator mm-hmm. that I willfully brought her back into this, and that was the life that I wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're going to give grace once, but you abuse grace, and um, we're, we're going to be sorry we ever gave you grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just a con artist. Oh. And, and honestly, I believe that, and that's when I landed – and it was in that um, paradigm that I began to hear grace, and God mm-hmm. began to speak to me in that place. And it was um, actually a book by a guy named Brennan Manning. Um, Brennan uh, wrote and is probably most known for Ragamuffin Gospel, uh, mm-hmm. the Ragamuffin I loved Gospel. That book. And someone had loaned me this book. This was about two years after the divorce. And one Saturday morning, it was on the nightstand, and Melody had the kids that particular weekend. I started reading *An Abba's Child*. Hmm. And all about being God's beloved and what was true about me and my um, relationship with the Father uh, through His Son. And this was the thought that broke the logjam um, for me uh, in, with grace. It was, God, you mean when I was 11 years old? And this was tears running down my face two hours after picking up this book that Saturday morning. I said, you mean when I was 11 and you saved me? 
you saved me knowing full well I was going to have seven one-night stands. Mm. You saved me knowing I was going to waste thousands of hours just doing mm-hmm. mindlessly nothing on the Internet, wasting all that time. Mm-hmm. You saved me, and it was about grace, not because I was a first-round draft choice for the kingdom, not because of all the things that I was going to do right. for you. Um, it was it was grace, and that was the beginning uh, and of course, that was led up to. I'd heard a lot from our church, you know, mm-hmm. about grace. And so, as I began to grow in that, um, Melody, as she mentioned, she didn't have to be nice anymore. She didn't mm-hmm. feel obligated right. to be the Proverbs thirty-one woman toward me. <laughs> uh, you know. And when the gloves are off, let's yes. be honest, yes. exactly. aren't we all grateful? Yeah. Yeah. But but the paradigm that put me in is I'm having to, as I'm learning mm. to bring the gospel into my shame. So much wow. of what she was saying was in lockstep with what my inner critic was saying. Wow. And so I'm having to now hear this, but hang on to myself in the gospel. And she was really the last, as I was learning to stop performing for others' approval, Melody was the last person. And she was kind of my gauge of how I was getting the gospel and really getting grace in my life. Wow. Because, because I so wanted her to see me in a different light. I so mm. wanted to, being an old performer, to check off certain boxes and show her, look at the scorecard, though. I'm really not. You know, I know, you know she was the last, obviously, I'd heard her uh, over and over and over again. Um, so just learning to rest in the calm assurance that I am his beloved, even if she is angry and even if she never gets it, and if she yeah. always sees me in this light, that does not have a bearing on what is true. And so we began to have mm-hmm. discussions. And, and I remember being um, at our church and uh, being there alone. And in the back of my mind, praying, not in any kind of reconciliation way, but just think, God, I, I want Melody to get this. I was beginning to experience yeah. freedom. I was beginning to come alive uh, with grace mm-hmm. and the gospel. And I just remember th- just because I did love Melody and saying, God, I want her to get it, if yeah. nothing else, for the mother of our kids. Mm-hmm. And little did I know that God was doing that. He had her on a path. And... So as we began, as I began to find my strength, that's really my journey uh, of recovery because I was such a passive nice guy. And because, as your listeners have heard in my story, I started preaching in high school. I defined righteous living as peace at all cost. Mm-hmm. You don't rock the boat. You don't call, <sighs> cause conflict. The one way the guys in homeroom who were looking at me kind of funny because I just preached the day before in their church, and here I am in homeroom with them, the one way I knew they weren't going to see Christ if I was being any kind of belligerent or problem mm-hmm. person. So I just slapped on a, a, a smile and um, and was passive and, and did not rock the boat. I was playing vanilla. What I began to learn in that mm. confidence that came in my true standing with the Father, mm. I was becoming who God had created me to be. All the masks were coming off, and I was really being introduced to myself. Mm-hmm. And, and the shame was beginning to dissipate as the gospel came in and as community began to happen. Yeah. As as one one man in particular who discipled me in college, so he saw the the all the mask, but then he he was also the man that God used to walk with me through all this junk. I was talking to him three or four times a day, and I remember one night thinking, if he can love me, and he knows everything, yeah, and he's still coming toward me, because the mm. lie I believe was, if they really knew me, they're going to be running for the exits. Nobody yeah. wants to hang around in this zip code yeah. if they really knew who I was. And I saw through him the gospel was lived out, and so I began to say, you know what, if he can love me this well. Knowing all that he knows to be true about me, and I can just be myself around him, maybe there is something to a holy God who's made me and created me that he too can love me Mm -hmm. in spite of my brokenness. So God is doing all this, and 
with Melody. Um, we're we're beginning to parent better together. Um, definitely still a lot of pain there um, because of our past. And um, but as I found my strength, I think that was the. And, and for many of the men that I work with, they come to us and they're separated, or they're or they're fearful they're about to be separated, or even worse, divorced. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do is tell them you have a path that God wants you to walk. And your path has nothing to do with what your spouse does or doesn't do. Mm -hmm. And if your path changes because of what she does, it's not the right path. Mm -hmm. And so as I was walking that path and finding my strength, sometimes initially it's more chaotic. Melody wasn't used to me going toe-to-toe with her. She wasn't used to me stepping in Mm -hmm. to some of those places. She was used to me. She could throw something out, it kind of get into my shame filter, and me shut down. That was the that was mm. the dance, mm-hmm. and the more that shame was healing, those mechanisms didn't, weren't didn't working work anymore. anymore. And so it was a kind of a, a learning for as we were now relating. She was seeing the change. It wasn't that I was proving to her with some checklist mm-hmm. how I changed. It was just in the interactions where she at a at a very very deep level was saying I just wasn't responding out of that same place of shame mm-hmm. because. That was beginning to be healed uh, with the power of the of the gospel, and and now I was able to step in from a place of strength, which was 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 new for me. Well, and I think for me, having that second divorce really began to take the mask of legalism, because now mm. choosing door number two didn't work either. So that kind of blew up my whole life is about making good choices. You know, um, legalism and behavioralism and moralism, and it's all about just you making the good choices and then life ending up the way that you hope and want it to be. Mm -hmm. And so after that second divorce, I pretty much had said, okay, I'm just going to live a life of celibacy. It's me and Jesus, and we're good to go. And Trey and I had this, you know, co-parenting thing going on. But I want to back up just a hair to, to let you know how legalistic that I was. I grew up in a, a home of legalism, so it was all about, you know, the way you looked, the way we looked, and and all that type of thing that Trey and I um, had had this conversation. I'm going to kind of expose myself here, but we had had this conversation, and I knew in our, in our conversing from time to time, I wouldn't let us get too deep because I just wouldn't allow that. But he's talking about something. I don't even know exactly what it was, but I could just hear the grace kind of resonating. And I remember over the course of that conversation, Trey, Trey talking about sin and grace and whatever, and I'm hearing how amazing it is, but I'm still not totally grasping it myself. I want to. I remember thinking, I want to be that woman at the well, but do I have to have the do I have to do the big sin to be that woman <laughs> at the well? And Trey said, Well, how long do you think that you could go without sinning? And you know, I'm I'm embarrassed to say this, but I literally said in my righteousness, I think I can go two weeks without sinning. And he said really? You think you can go two weeks without sinning? And I said, yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I think I can. And um, and he said, well, then why can't you just add two more weeks to that? And you could make it a month. And I, my quick response was, well, then I'd just be too tired, which again shows you into, I had such a desire to please the Father, but such a warped paradigm that I literally thought if I just work harder and harder and harder, I can do this. I can beat this. I can win here and God say, well done. So that paradigm obviously is 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 slowly coming mm-hmm. down as I begin to understand grace more. But really 
the way that, that this kind of began to ebb and flow as far as us having some hope was a fight that we had over our daughter. Mm-hmm. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I had taken the, the kids to the beach and um, a lot of with us, uh, with the distrust and everything that came along with mm-hmm. our with our story, um, I didn't know it, but Melody and our daughter, who was 13 at the time, something Ish. like that, mm-hmm. um, they had had a conversation. We're going in spring, it's going into summer, early summer, and had decided that um, she was going to wear only one piece bathing suits. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, We've but she never told me. She, she never told me this. So uh, we go to the beach, and she um, forgot one of her. She actually got to the beach with only one bathing suit. So as a father daughter date, uh, my my parents were also on this trip, so they kept the other kids, and so she and I went out bathing suit shopping. And we looked for some uh, one piece. We never could find one that she really liked. So we wound up getting a tankini, which is sure. looks like a one piece, but technically is a two piece. Um, and so the next day we're on the beach and um, Melody, I have my phone, Melody calls and, and she talks to our daughter and uh, I can overhear the conversation. She's talking a lot of, and Melody is just going off on her because she bought a two-piece bathing suit. The sex addict bought my daughter a two-piece bathing suit is all I could think of. <laughs> okay, and that picture helps us because Melody's still at that point of... I have a filter. Yes, mm-hmm. this is how she is seen. Okay. Yeah, she can't okay. trust. She can't. In her mind, I'm this child that she's got to protect her children manage. with. Uh, I've got to manage and control this guy that sure. I don't trust. Uh, and it's really scary for her um, when I have the kids by Out myself. She can't control. Sure, I understand. Um, so, so I'm hearing. I'm overhearing this conversation. And again, this is now a place I'm. I'm finding my strength, and so I'm now able to go toe to toe. So I get the phone from from my daughter, and um, I walk away on the beach, and I said, "Listen, if you've got a problem with what." we made with the decision we made you need to be talking to me our daughter um did not Mm. do anything wrong our daughter Mm. was having a date Mm. with her father and if you don't agree with some of that stuff that needs to be directed at me not her and just to, to speed up the story about two weeks later was father's day and my daughter wrote a note to me a handwritten father's day card and in that father's day card she said i'm sorry that i made a bad choice with the bathing suit. And that was, that was the thing that became very clear that I have to fight for my daughter's heart because what had happened. Oh, my heart is just breaking. It is breaking because we don't realize what we're doing to our kiddos. We would never put our kids in the middle and throw a dart intended for the ex that would maim maim our kids but gosh don't we do it that's right don't we do it our sweet little girl in this picture took on the responsibility and the shame and and guilt of it yeah when when it was just a tankini but Mm -hmm. to the adults involved it had so much more baggage could only see this yeah but we do that we do that to our kids and they're these innocent bystanders yeah and how many times are we not believing the father therefore we have to control control manage handle I'm an orphan. Um, He's not going to show up, so yeah. let me take matters into my own hands. Well, and I knew what that was coming out of for Melody, but it didn't make it right. And now right. I had a real example but of with my daughter. But look what it did for you. Yeah. You mm-hmm. saw my daughter's heart yeah. was 
hurt and I can stand up for it. Mm-hmm. And what a place of power that is for mm-hmm. you as a daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and being back to the peace at all costs, mine mm. was keeping everybody happy. That's a great example, too, is we cannot please everybody because mm-hmm. here I am doing the right thing was fighting for my daughter, which meant conflict with her. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what I had avoided. That's what led to so much of my acting out over the years because I didn't know how to step into a place with true godly strength yeah. and, and that be conflict. Because in my paradigm that I grew up in, Negative emotions are not allowed, mm-hmm. and so conflict mm-hmm. was negative. We avoid conflict. Some, as as Christians, we're not a, called to avoid conflict. We're called to resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the conflict we're resolving is conflict we create because right. it's conflict that needs to happen. Because there's no way the right thing in that moment can happen without conflict. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jesus reading rereading the the Gospels, he did not avoid conflict. Oh gosh, no. Um, he mm-hmm. picked fights. With the Pharisees. He would create tension. That's yes, right. When there was peace, he would create tension right. to teach us something about himself. And it's Absolutely. like, what do you mean? Absolutely. So there's this like built-in tension with the two of y'all because you've mm-hmm. got these four great kids. That's right. Mm-hmm. Who are you know struggling at all different ages of development, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you've got this co-parenting going on, and you're both here in grace, but you're at different levels again yeah. of maturing in your grace mm-hmm. understandings. Yeah. And one of the things oh, I knew at that, at that point, I I said, um, you know you're getting grace when you can give grace to somebody who don't think they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, because Ooh. And that's hard. Grace Because right then, yeah. Melody sure didn't deserve it. No. Well, <laughs> and she was... didn't think she needed it. She thought she was coming from God's holy mountain, and I was the one oh. in the wrong. And so knowing that I'm doing the right thing, but the person that I'm in conflict with is so convinced that they're, that in they're the right. equally correct. So I, but, but, so I get this Father's Day card, and it's glaringly obvious. And this is what I was trying to communicate to Melody there on the beach, is that you are putting our daughter into an mm. unhealthy place as being an adult. Let her be a kid, mm-hmm. but you're but you're making that. But you know when I when I send my yeah. kid when I send my daughter to um, to a friend's house, there's certain things she can't watch, and she's responsible for not watching. I said, Melody, she's with her dad, and there's two people on this planet that are her authority, and that's me, and that's you. With her dad, she is free to be a kid. Don't put her in a place oh, where she's, she's got to free make to be a kid. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so what I did after I got that Father's Day card, I called Melody. And I said, Melody, when's your next counseling appointment? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. And and I'm thinking, great, we're both going to beat you up in counseling now. <laughs> Bring it. Come on. Come on over to my camp. Yeah. And I can just see oh. that because I've been that woman mm-hmm. who thought, oh, mm-hmm. dude, you don't even know what you just asked. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. Because we get that blindedness in our self-righteousness mm-hmm. that our vantage point is the correct vantage That's point. Right. It's like the old antique window. You know, my woundedness is like that old antique window, and you look out of it, and it's just, you can hardly Mm -hmm. see through it. But that's what I'm looking through. Mm -hmm. And God is the only person that can clear that window up so that I can see clearly again. The filter is wounded and broken, and Mm -hmm. that's all I could see. But fast-forwarding real quickly, we ended up going to my counselor. And at the end of that counseling appointment, Trey leaves, and and my counselor, lovingly as he always did, you know, first of all, kind of shared some things. But he said, man, y'all love each other. And I said, I hate him. What are you talking about? And he just began to kind of expose, you know, you hate him because you love him so much. Mm. And, of course, I didn't want to hear that, but he did expose the fact that I had had this trump card out and that it would probably – 
Mm-hmm. You know, he wouldn't kind of tell me to put away, put it away, but it would probably good, be good to think about that because then we could really enter in and be on the same page. So fast forwarding just a hair, there were some ladies at church that came to me one day after I dropped the kids off at carpool, and they said, have you ever thought about reconciliation? And I said, absolutely not. And they said, well, this is what we're praying for. And I said, I And don't you love, love those women who pray for something that you're not ready for? Absolutely. And I said, please pray for me. I need prayer, but do not pray for that. You know, and so... Here's my checklist of what I would like prayer on. <laughs> Here's what I like to continue to control for y'all to pray. But we began to co-parent very well. We would show up at an event you know, with the children, and then we might go grab dinner or whatever. And I was okay. I was like, this is working. We can co-parent forever. I won't ever marry again, and I'm good to go. And then, I guess, fast-forwarding to Christmas. Now, how long was that stage? Was that six months? Was that a year? Uh, probably about a year. year. Yeah. Year and some, year and a half. Yeah. And and that's what I kind of love about this is that God didn't do any of this overnight. You mm-hmm. know, I think people just are so short-sighted. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we're we thinking in terms of a football season, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 10, 12 weeks, right. you know, a Bible study, you know, heck, Beth Moore's 14 weeks. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to see some progress. And mm-hmm. that's a whole lot of work, right. you know? So I, I think we just, we forget that character takes time, right. maturity, yeah. development, seeing your identity. And, you know, like you were saying, owning the strength mm-hmm of who God's created you to be, yeah. that took some time. Mm-hmm. So so it's taken about a year for this, the co-parenting mm-hmm. and the... Yeah. Okay. And, and then, it's good. We got then, a good thing going. He'd come over and help the kids with homework or project or... Yeah, but that's also scary. It's beginning to raise fears in both of us because Melody's biggest fear was being hurt again. Yeah. My biggest fear was hurting her again. So you think about it. We had some people when we did start dating say, oh, y'all just taking the easy road. Well, they had no clue. Um, because both of us, by choosing to date, we were both making po- a possibility our worst fears being realized. Because if we're not in yeah. a relationship, because you're opening up, yeah, I can't hurt her. Could I would? And my fear be realized if I'm not in a relationship with her. Right. But if I step into a relationship with her, then that also opens up the possibility that it, that I could hurt her. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of takes that grace and that gospel and gives it an opportunity to be lived out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. or without it mm-hmm. giving you a the end that you want. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh. So we began, you know, I started, um, I had to drop hints every once in a while about reconciliation, and she was very, very close to that. And she would say things like, well, after you've had a year of sobriety and some of this <laughs> stuff. And, and I would beginning to find community, because really community is the big part of our story. You know. Melody and I are so similar that that's what we're laughing about is sure we'll think about it when you do this 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 and this that's right well and, and then, then when had, they do this this right. and this then we come up with something else right and then he had had this this and this done but sure. i still didn't have the answers but he i guess around christmas he brought up reconciliation and i was like oh my gosh you can't even be, you know i mean i i was just trembling with fear mm. and i just said i just don't think i can ever go there i mean i was probably at this point not completely close but i just knew How that I could, could not I? do that. I I don't think that I could do yeah. that. And I'm living in the moment, you know, it's like I drop it every once in a while and so it's like it wasn't like I was devastated if she said no cuz I get it. And so I guess around January at February. some point February I, there was a storm at the home where I was living and um and because of that storm there was some damage and so I had to call my insurance agent. Long story short, um I I met somebody and um I'd been on a 8-month hiatus from dating. Uh, myself and um, it just just 
decided that I really want to go deeper with my own faith and didn't really need to be distracted by dating and stuff. And so I you know, kind of coming to the end of that, I'd met this person and we're at the beach again and uh, with the kids and actually we're getting along Five so well. At the beach. Yeah. Getting along so well that I'd actually invited Melody to join us on this particular beach trip, which she she declined. But that's how well we were I was getting like, oh, along. Oh, that'd be so weird. I mean, like, what will kids think? Well, you know. So we're 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 kind of like friends now. Yeah. But she's a bud. Okay. Yeah. So um, a bud who happened to you know be the mother of my four kids. So so we're talking, and and in a text message, I um, as we're I'm at the beach, I mentioned to her that I'd met somebody, and in that text conversation, she said, "What do you mean you met somebody?" I was like, "I met somebody." Again, I'm just kind of casually, as a, I would a friend, you know, you made it very clear you're not interested in reconciliation. So I'm just letting you know I met somebody. And so. And I'm sure so Melody I pick up the this phone, so well. <laughs> I pick up the phone and I ream him. What do you mean you didn't? I mean, you, you just mentioned reconciliation to me, blah, 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 you know, and I mean, just. But what she didn't realize, she's given herself away. Yep. She really, in, in that, she told me everything. What she was really saying. So it was when I get, brought the kids back. From the beach trip, we got them all tucked in, and it was that particular night in February of 2008 that um, I basically said, I would love to pursue you if you will give me that opportunity. And isn't that just like the most beautiful, Is and it, y'all can't tell, but we are all sitting here just teared <laughs> up, because isn't that the most beautiful thing? Our fights reveal our deepest mm-hmm. fears, mm-hmm. our deepest place of need. And the place that we most long to invite someone into all at the same time. Well, and and just to piggyback that, so many times we have this perception of we have to arrive at this place and then, you know, and it's just being able to position yourself to surrender to the possibility. It, It may or may not work out. And all this fear of... What if our kids find out? What you know? How will we do yeah. this? What are my parents going to think? All the just being able to surrender and watch God do heart surgery on me is just, was just the most amazing, scary. He'd come over and help the kids with homework, and we would talk, and then I wouldn't speak to him for three days because I was flipping out. And I got used to that. I, I, I it, it would hurt. <laughs> But I knew Love what was it. going on because she would let her guard down. We'd have a great conversation. I would leave. And I got to where on the way home, I just said, okay, note to self, she's going to be distant tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. and, but yet being able to, again, bring the gospel into that, oh. that my, mm-hmm. my acceptance no longer was based on how well we were getting along because yeah. I, was, I was beginning to thrive in, as a beloved son, and I long to be reconciled. And see, it came off of being result-oriented, mm-hmm. like, will we get married, mm-hmm. to I want to pursue you, yeah. which is relationship. Yeah. I just want relationship with you. And you learned mm-hmm. Melody would expose mm-hmm. and then She'd withdraw. Mm-hmm. Expose and withdraw. You know, two steps forward, one step back, two steps. Yeah. I mean, and as we understand life is thing. messy... It, there's no formula anymore, and it was messy. And bringing my parents back into it, and him driving up and asking for forgiveness to you know from my parents, and and right before we got engaged, to sit down with the kids and tell the kids this is what Dad did, and to see them sit into the lap of their own daddy and say, Daddy, I forgive you. Oh, and isn't that just what we all long for? We all long for the people we care the most about, the people who we have the most influence over, Mm -hmm. to absolutely, at their core, know who we are and that we are not their example. 
that the Holy Father who loves us and who came off the throne yeah. is the one who's going to do all of the work. Absolutely. Right. And, and we're trying that. we're trying to yes. learn more about him and pursue a relationship and learn how he pursues us. Mm-hmm. Don't get sidetracked on us. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a great? Right. I'm so glad that y'all have had that. So few people really get that in yeah. their parenting and even in their relationship with each mm-hmm. other, yeah. a moment of clarity with the whole family. Yeah. Well, we we realize that um we call it the new normal, and unfortunately, mm. it took. We didn't want to go back to that. Yeah, oh gosh, no. it took such a roller coaster and everything that we've shared um, in the last two podcasts to get to what we have now, which we are grateful for, is a new normal where there's not this tit for tat. Yeah, um, it is a marriage of grace because we realize that. God is meeting our needs. Yeah. That I don't have to suck the life out of Melody mm. to for affirmation, mm. and you know, and and as I begin to bring God into that those wounded places and allow Him to heal that. Um, but I know you've got a lot of people who are listening who probably, you know, maybe caught up in some ways in just the the magnitude of the story. But I don't want people to miss that wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe right. yeah. maybe pornography is not a part of their story. Maybe divorce is not a part of their story. Yeah. But that all of us have those things that we run to and try to suck the life out of. Mm-hmm. And God has a way of constantly showing us how desperate we are for Him. Yeah. And just beginning to parent, to be in marriage, relationship. Yeah. And because of grace, we have the freedom to go into our brokenness because the more we know ourselves, the oh, more intimacy yes. there is in our marriage. Because yeah. Now, when Melody says something to me and it bubbles up that wounded little eight-year-old boy, because I know that that wounded little eight-year-old boy is there and because I've done work to get in touch with that, I'm able now to communicate at a level that I never was able to communicate. In the past, that would get stirred up and I'd retreat. I didn't, and it was just her fault. I didn't know what was going on, but something she was doing. Now I can hang on to myself and now give back. When you just said that, this is how that made me feel. Mm-hmm. This is what I heard. This is the filter that it went through. And so our communication yeah. is is so much oh, gosh, more better. alive because yeah. we are willing now through the in a place of grace yeah. from the grace perspective now to be able to say we don't have to strive anymore. We are a beloved son and a beloved daughter. Period. And now we yeah. get to do life together. We get to do life together. And with a loving father who wants us to join him in this adventure. We don't have to be so wrapped around the axle with our kids. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. We can yeah. now parent them from a place of grace. And go after their hearts Absolutely. instead of their behaviors. That's right. Which will stop that cycle of That's moralistic right. behavior oriented Christianity that got us all in the mess that we got into, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and let me wow. just real quickly, I want to speak to that woman who may be all alone right now who maybe she has just found out that her husband has been involved in pornography. She doesn't know who to tell. She doesn't know where to go for help. Or there's a woman that's maybe found out that her son has has been to a friend's house and he's found pornography. And she she wants to know what resources are available or what what hope there is out there for 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 them. Or there may be a woman who's just very angry that life is not Uh ending up or, or 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 or, or, or basically, like I said, ending up the way that she thought that life would be. Yeah. There is help, and there's hope, and there's resources, and there's community, and we want to be that for them. We have got things in place for that lady, for that man. It's it's not just a woman finding a man in pornography or an infidelity anymore. It is 
yeah. happening at milliseconds that yeah. women are through Facebook and all the different yeah. aspects they are looking to run to run to rescue for other things too. So we want to be that advocate, yeah. that place. We've got community in place um, yeah. to find um, the help that they need. Yeah. Well, let me speak to specifics um, there. Um, if one of your listeners or some of your listeners are in the Birmingham area, we do have uh, community uh, recovery groups here in the Birmingham area. Um, that Melody and I facilitate. We also have other facilitators here in Birmingham and also other places in Alabama. We have a total of nine groups now. Wow. Um, and we're looking to add more groups. So if someone's listening and they would like to have a, a group um, that specifically deals with uh, sex and pornography addiction uh, that's anonymous in a safe place where they can begin to experience James 5 healing around yeah. that issue oh, yeah. and begin mm-hmm. to get the shame dealt with, yep. uh, we can help them start that. If they're right. a, as a pastor or a pastor's wife listening and they know that this is a problem in their church, they just don't know what to do about it, mm-hmm. um, we can help there. We can come in. Um, we got to come share our story or we've got resources that are available. Some of those are available on the website, um, but also we just have um, started our, our nonprofit um, that uh, people can get involved with as well. And maybe there's a couple listening that this is kind of part of their story, and maybe they've been feeling led to to minister out of their own brokenness. We'd love mm-hmm. to maybe talk to them as well about um, how they could get involved with what we're doing, because um, God is taking an epidemic of pornography and sex addiction, and He is using that to introduce men and women to the deeper to a deeper understanding of grace and the gospel. And that's what Route 1520 is about. That's what our ministry is about, is truly boasting in weakness uh, instead of trying to pretend we have it all together. Well, and again, also, just from a parental standpoint, how to talk to your kids about sex and porn. I mean, it is not a one-time purity talk, and you've gone to 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 have this moment and then you don't talk about it. It is ongoing. It's a conversation. It is a conversation that you want to have with your kids to Absolutely. help protect. And we've got resources for that as well. Well, and I don't want anybody who's listening to just think that this is only affecting guys. Yeah. Because uh-huh. I've got three little yeah. girls, and let me just tell you that one of my daughters is 12 and a half and one is 11, and both of my children were exposed to mm-hmm. pornography by another girl mm-hmm. almost a year and a half ago. Yeah. At somebody else's house. At someone else's house. Yes. And, yeah. and let me just tell you, it's happening to our girls, right. and they're getting exposed. And we need to get ready for it. That's right. And, and shutting down the TVs and the computers and cutting off the phones is not the solution. And you're not the worst parent in the world if you put some controls on things. Let's be Absolutely. honest. They may not yeah. love you for the minute, but is any discipline fun in the moment? That's no, right. but it is good, and it produces a harvest. So yes. um, I am so grateful that Melody and Trey have been with us. We have heard some really great stuff about how God has um, intertwined um, Luke fifteen twenty into their lives and how they have made it um, accessible to others that this route fifteen twenty is available. So um, check them out. It is Melody and Trey Lovern. They are at www.route the numbers one five two zero dot com. And I absolutely have enjoyed it. And you know there is a piece of their story that is still not been fully exposed and i am hoping that maybe we'll get them to come back maybe not just next week but we'll get them to come back because they keep throwing this word community around and i wonder do you have the kind of community that would bring you out of isolation and be transformational in your life because what they've got to offer that is what community is it's transformational so um maybe we'll get them to come back and do another show sometime thank you guys so much it has been my pleasure 
I've learned so much and been so encouraged by you. And I pray that the other men and women who listen to this will will feel that same kind of encouragement and hope that even through divorce, God is still working and He doesn't ever give up on us and that our theology is going to be lived out in our life. And those behaviors are so telling. So thank you so much. Again, their website is www.route1520.com. That's R-O-U-T-E. 1520.com. And, you know, our website is www.eavesdropshow.com. We also have a Facebook page, so like us on there. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at eavesdropshow. And again, thank you guys for eavesdropping on another great conversation. Have a great day. Bye bye.